0: Hi, I'm Jason Nias, along with Natalie Wires from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started and lessons they've learned that have gotten them where they are today and what they believe is the future of online shopping. Hi, this is Jason from Digital River, and our guest today has a background with a company that has certainly changed retail in the United States and is now one of the largest retailers in Canada as well. It is Walmart Canada. Rick Newman was vice president of international tech strategy for Walmart International before he left last year to become the chief product and technology officer for FLIP, that's spelled F-L-I-P-P, which connects shoppers with some of the best known brands. Rick, welcome. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Well, before we talk too much about Flip, um, obviously you have an amazing background, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your personal journey. So you started in marketing and found your way to e-commerce companies um, that were primarily known for retail. Why don't you walk us through the journey of how you got where you are today? Sounds good. Happy to. It's, uh, It's an interesting journey. I find
1: it interesting. Hopefully you will as well where I started my career um, actually on the finance side with, uh, with fund accounting at a bank for banks and realized very quickly that um, I much preferred people and I much preferred uh, concepts I deeply understood. Finished my degree and decided to get into uh, retail e-commerce, something I was passionate about. As a, as a computer geek my entire life, getting to grow this thing called e-commerce was something that was really exciting. So I wrote a passionate cover letter to a company called Canadian Tire, which is one of the larger retailers in Canada as well, and found myself as a um, online marketing coordinator for their e-commerce team. And it was incredibly exciting. Over the next three years, I did a lot of things in digital marketing, including leading their email program and took deep fascination in the concept of um, every email being an opportunity to Um, improve your open rates, your click-through rates, and all of the other metrics that we were actively looking at from a a marketing perspective. This seemed to be going pretty well, and uh, another company came knocking. So Sears Canada came and said, hey, we're looking for an email marketer. We're here. You're pretty good at that. Do you want to come and join up? And I had just gotten my email list over a million subscribers. Uh, We had just launched some new technology that had jumped my open rates by 30%, and I was feeling pretty good. So I told them, no, not so interested. I don't need to start over. I'm learning a ton and I'm having a great time. But they seemed to like my story and they seemed to think that things were interesting and said, okay, well, we're also looking for this other role in digital product management. And we don't know what it is and you don't know what it is, but it sounds like uh, you might be willing to explore that with us. Do you want to do that instead? And that was really exciting because at the time, Canadian Tire had just turned off e-commerce. Uh, this was back in um, you know 2009-ish. And and Sears was one of the larger e-commerce players in Canada. And I had a real opportunity to figure out what this whole digital product management thing was gonna be. So I moved over. Uh, My first um, project was redefining the checkout stream uh, for sears.ca. And after doing that, we saw conversion jump considerably and I was hooked. It was amazing, incredibly fun. So I did the product management thing at Sears for a little while, um, taking on more and more digital operations. And uh, one of my former bosses had found their way to Walmart and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Rick, it's time to join the big leagues. Uh, Walmart is finally serious about e-commerce and uh, and we think we need you for the journey, so you're coming. And I literally had a DVP role at Sears, an offer in my hand, or a director role at Walmart, but it was pretty clear where I was going to learn more. And so decided that um, the opportunity at Walmart was too good. I had a chance to you know, redefine retail and e-commerce. I had the chance to launch online grocery in Canada in, at a major retailer. And those were things that I was really, really passionate about. At the time I was doing my MBA, I was working full-time and I was using one of the online grocery competitors and really felt like there was an opportunity to improve the experience and definitely improve the price point. And Walmart was a company I could do that at for everyone, which was incredibly exciting. So I jumped over and I joined the Walmart team uh, leading um product management and site experience for walmart.ca. Uh, along the way, they liked what I was doing on the technology front and uh, asked that I would become the next CTO at Walmart, which was a surprise to me. It might be a surprise to you too, because uh, I don't have a technology background, but like I said, as a computer geek, geek my whole life, taking on a project like that was incredibly rewarding and the technology team at Walmart was fantastic. So I, w- I had a chance to uh, to learn and grow as the chief technology officer for Walmart Canada for a couple of years um, before taking on the executive vice president role for e-commerce for Walmart Canada, where I led the launch of online grocery, the launch of Marketplace, um, the launch of store pickup, uh, and many other uh, major programs in the e-commerce growth for Walmart. At that point, uh, there was an opportunity for me to bring that same um, kind of digital transition to Walmart International. So I moved down to the US and I spent a couple of years on the US side Um, helping grow international strategy, international merchandising technology for our international companies. So that was Walmart Canada still. It also included China and Japan and Mexico and Central America and Chile and a number of other Walmart entities around the world. So it was a pretty exciting journey, which then led me to flip. uh, An opportunity to leave retail, to move back to Toronto, uh, where my family wanted to be. And to take everything that I've learned in retail and apply it at a tech company that's focused on, again, changing the way that people shop. And so it's been uh, super fun being over at Flip. Happy to tell you more about that. But that's kind of been the journey in a nutshell.
0: Man, what a great journey. Um, I just want to slow down for a moment. I mean, you went from being an email marketing specialist in 2009 to a EVP of e-commerce and CTO by 2016. That's a pretty fast rocket ship of a career path. You must have been absorbed. And by the way, I mean, the, you, you mentioned a few things that were happening along the way. Retail transformed during that period in history. And you happened to be in the right place at the right time. I'm sure you're very talented, but uh, time is also a big factor here, too.
1: When I was applying to be the CTO at Walmart Canada, I was going through the interview process with a uh, a variety of executives in the US. My future boss in the US, I had dual accounting responsibilities for the CEO in Canada and to a leader in the US. And he looked at me across the table and said, Rick, I can't yet decide if you're really good or really lucky, but I'm willing to take a bet. And I've been very fortunate that there's been many people like Cameron Geiger along the way who have been willing to take a bet.
0: Man, that is fantastic. Well, so you had what a lot of people would say is their dream job or, you know, the pinnacle of their career at Walmart, obviously one of the biggest influences in all of retail. And you left. Why'd you leave? And why, what, what is it about Flip that uh, made you change jerseys? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: And I I love Walmart, even to this day, I think very highly of the team, and especially through the pandemic, Um, there has been some really impressive work that they've done to help communities and help people through this particular moment, Um, both from a food security perspective, as well as like supporting those with income impacts um, and ensuring that people still have access to the things that they need to run their life. So I'm still a huge fan uh, of Walmart as a company and the people that I got the chance to work with. And I wouldn't say that I, I, I left the because of anything to do with the company. I, I really do respect a lot of the work that they're doing. For me, I've always evaluated roles based off of my ability to have an outsized impact in them and my ability to learn a lot so that I can continue to see career growth and my ability to have that kind of impact. And where I found myself on the international scale um, was I wasn't learning the things that I felt were important in the roles that I wanted to have in the future. I was more and more disconnected from the end customer um, by being in an executive position at the international level. And I was spending more of my time dealing with political intrigue at the largest company in the world and trying to convince, you know, 20 different chief merchandising officers that the technology that we were rolling out was going to be good and support their market and less time actually understanding customers and solving real problems. It had been six months since my last like real UX review for a solution that we were putting out. And I just felt more disconnected from the types of things that I wanted to learn. And so along comes a company like Flip that I had worked with at Canadian Tire. i had worked with again at Sears. i had worked with again at Walmart as a company that's helping to really tell the merchandising story of a retailer uh, and help them reach shoppers in a way that isn't available in different formats. And they were looking for a chief technology officer. And I called the founder, because we had built a relationship over a decade of working together, and said, Huns, you know who I am. You know that I'm not like a technology person, per se. I don't have a degree in computer science. I don't code professionally. is this a fit? Am I the right type of chief technology officer for this company? Uh, And what are are you looking for? And we had a great conversation. It took several months of back and forth on, is this the right opportunity? Um, But I was just so enthused by the potential of this company and the potential it can have on shoppers. And it very much resonates with the same philosophy that I held at Walmart. If Walmart is help people save money so they can live better, Uh, And then Flip's motto is help make life more affordable for families. There is a whole lot of overlap overlap that happens there.
0: Yeah, why don't you introduce us? You obviously gave us the company's uh, motto, but tell us what Flip is and how people engage with it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Flip at its core is a mobile app that you should pull out your phone and download right now. It will take only a minute. Um, And inside that mobile app is the opportunity to find the entirety of savings and deals opportunities in the market for you right now based on where you are. So we aggregate and pull together all of the competitive flyers, coupons, e-commerce deals, um, any way that we can find to help you save money on the things that you buy the most frequently. So we have a great strength in grocery, in home maintenance, um, in all sorts of categories that every household needs on a regular basis. And we make it easy for you to plan where you're gonna go shop that week in order to stretch your dollar the furthest. So by knowing what you're gonna go buy, you can easily search for it or find it, or just look merchant to merchant to see what they're selling um, on sale that week and plan where you can get the most for your money.
0: Talk a little bit about the demographics of the Flip user. How do you? I'm going back all the way to your origins of your your email marketing days, your segmentation, the growing of sure. the list. Like tell us tell us how you acquire new customers for Flip, the value you drive to the retailers, and you know a little bit more. Peel back the onion on your business a little bit. Yeah, I mean we really
1: target. We we call her Val, the value shop, uh, conference shopper. That's our target segmentation. Um, which is very much, you know, a, a mother of two who's looking to make ends meet for her family and is trying to provide the best uh, for her kids and for her life. And so, the, the demographics there in, in our app, we find that the user base is anywhere from, you know, 25 to 45. That's kind of the sweet spot for us where they understand how to use the tool and they're really engaged in finding. Um, savings and deals. They're ready to plan a little bit in order to find those savings. And um, and they're really proud of their ability to then provide back for their family. Now, of course, we have lots of male users um, who are in that same position for their family, but that's really the target persona that we're going after. Um, our research team has come back and shown after working with many such customers that on average, uh, the users of our app can save $45 per week by actively planning where they're going to go shop. And for our shoppers, for the segment that we're looking at, those who are value conscious, that money adds up and it makes a huge difference, right? We're talking about over $2,000 a year. And that can be the difference between their child going to summer camp or not. That can be the difference between, you know, eating fresh food or not in many cases. Um, It can really have an outsized impact on a lot of different users. So that's what our target looks like.
0: That's perfect. And I'm assuming, well, actually you tell me if I, if, if this is right, that part of the value that you're creating is the data off of preferences, locations, all this stuff. Do you guys, how do you think about data and, and what you have that you're sitting on? Yeah, we
1: really try and look at how we use data to make our product better. Um, and by better meaning it can better help Val find what she's looking for faster, easier, and more efficiently. So we look at data around, just like you're saying, brand preference. When we start to see that there's a brand preference for you know a particular merchant or retailer or a particular product set, when those things go on sale, we can bring them in front of uh, our shoppers that much faster and, and make their life easier and help them find deals that they're really excited about. Because um, there's so many things that are on sale at any given moment, especially when we start looking at all of the e-commerce deals, um, and so finding the things that you really care about most is important. One of the things my team is working on right now um, is also looking at the history of everything that we've seen in our systems, because we've been doing this for a very long time now, and using data to be able to determine whether or not a deal is a really good deal. We like to say that all deals are good, but some stand you know, head and shoulders above the rest, and if we can bring those really good deals to the attention of our shoppers, it can really help them save that much more and make better choices. So we're looking at how do we define deal quality to again leverage our data to make that experience better and better.
0: I like that example. I mean, you think about uh, when you're about ready to book a flight, which is obviously a very different experience. What mm-hmm. you always have is, geez, if I wait, is it gonna be cheaper or more expensive? But you never know, right? So that this right. is the kind of same example in your world, which is hey, this product is going to be on sale. This is a great deal. Plan ahead, take advantage.
1: Absolutely. But we're launching new features all the time. One of the features we launched um, very late last year that's starting to pick up steam that I love myself is around watch lists. So the ability to say, these are the things I buy every single week. And you know, the More I know about when they're on sale, the better this experience is going to be. So, in my household, it's Activia yogurt, it's chicken breast, it's milk. We can never buy enough of these things because I have three kids and we go through it all the time. And by adding those items to my watch list, I'm able to see okay, here's exactly where the Activia yogurt is on sale this week, and it's expensive. And if I can pick the right store based on that, then I can save myself a ton of money every single week. And so, those are the types of features that we're really looking for. How do we just help our shoppers save even more every week?
0: Let's shift gears a little bit to the, the value of your product to the brands or to the retailers. Mm-hmm. Is this does your platform empower any more kind of amplification uh, or merchandising or, or anything along those lines? How how do how do, how do you, what's your pitch to companies to bring their their deals into your app? Yeah, I mean, one side is the shoppers truly do care
1: about making an informed decision. And so I think retailers are strongly incented to go where the shoppers are. And because we have a strong shopper base, um, bringing that content into Flip has proven to be very successful for them. But on top of that, I think when you look at what's been going on um, in the world, especially over the last year, as trips have been in decline and baskets have increased, The need to win every shopper on every trip has grown in importance for retailers. And so they're really looking at ways to tell the story of why you should choose them in a given week. And we present a great platform to go and do that. Uh, We also have a lot of tools to help them shape that content and and make it more accessible, more digital um, than the previous formats were able to. So when your competition is a paper flyer and it's not interactive at all, uh, and it's not dynamic at all, Um, It's really easy to present even more compelling reasons why you should come and try this whole digital thing out. And I think retailers are really waking up to that and we give them a good way to do it. So even something as dynamic as when you run out of inventory, you can take something off and replace it with something else. That's a huge capability uh, when it comes to, you only got one shot to convince a shopper to choose you. And if you get it wrong, then they might not come for the next six weeks. Uh, Flip can definitely help merchants to reach more shoppers.
0: Uh, Share some of the the, the retailers that you work with. I mean, how many folks are, is Flip integrated into that people can shop deals? Oh, man. I would be hard-pressed to list them
1: all. It's 95% of North American retail, uh, especially like major retail. So you look at in in Canada, um, Walmart, Loblaws, you know, all of the major retailers on the grocery side. But then even beyond that, we work with Home Depot, Canadian Tire, Lowe's uh, on the home improvement side. On the pharmacy side, we work with um, Shoppers Drug Mart and London Drugs and uh, Rexall and a a number of uh, of pharmacy players as well. So it, it really is just about anybody you can think of. And then on the U.S. side, we work with the major players in the U.S. as well. Still Walmart and Kroger and Albertsons and the rest of Absco. Um, if it's a retailer that exists in multiple locations and you know about them, you can probably find their deals on the flip app.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'd be interested given your background. Um, Canadian Tire is obviously a a monster in the context. They're, they're big time in e-commerce now. I know you said you got out of it when you were leaving there, but they're, they're back in a big way now.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: And Sears Canada, I don't know if Sears Canada is still alive or not. Uh, probably, I don't think so. Uh, But I'd be very interested at your take relative to post-COVID. We're recording this late April uh, 2021. Obviously, normalcy in some fashion comes back here and some, you know, relatively soon. Um, You've seen what the world looked like in a retail perspective before. You've seen what's happened during with the, obviously, groceries a great category to be in in the context of COVID era. But what happens next, Rick? share, uh, Share your crystal ball. Yeah, I mean, it truly is a crystal ball scenario
1: in terms of exactly what happens next. But what I can say with a lot of confidence is that COVID was an accelerator, not an anomaly. And so I don't think we're going to slip back uh, in terms of absolute amount of sales that are happening through e-commerce. I think the acceleration that happened is likely to, to reduce. Like I think Loblaws announced that they had grown... Uh, over 280% in e-commerce in the first half of last year. And, and I don't know that that kind of explosive growth is necessarily going to be the case versus the growth rate that was happening of 20 to 30% in Canada uh, in e-commerce. So I think the growth rate will slow, but I don't think from an absolute perspective we're, we're going to shift back. And I think we are truly kind of progressing our way towards a 50-50 world where 50% of sales across just about every category um, will come online and the other 50% will happen in store. And it's going to be a pretty dramatic shakeup to the way that retail happens um, as we progress against that. But even pre-pandemic, as a leader on the Walmart Canada executive team, we were mapping out a plan to 20% of revenue coming from e-commerce over the next 15 to 20 years. And and that's sizable when you talk about a company the scale of Walmart and the implications of that are far-reaching.
0: Well, that's good to hear from where I sit. So glad to, glad to hear that the, uh, it's just an accelerator.
1: I, we, I believe so. That's my crystal ball at least.
0: One of, the, uh, one of the core value props of Digital River of our offering is we help brands. We help brands without borders. We help brands sell internationally to customers wherever they are in the world. How do you think Flip helps solve some of that international use case? How do you, is it a product that, that largely serves the United States and Canada or does it have farther reaching utility? You know, we're pretty focused on Canada and the United States right now, and there's
1: plenty more that we can do inside, um, in, inside those countries. The, the work that I've done internationally um, would suggest that the, the opportunity for FLIP is broader than that. And I think there is some real global opportunity Uh, for helping people to make their life more affordable no matter where they are. Um, But in terms of where our resources are focused right now um, and the relationships that we have with North American merchants, uh, that's where we're going to continue to focus our energy for the foreseeable future. I appreciate Digital River's uh, intent at making more and more commerce global, and I truly think there's real opportunity there. And so for any of those international merchants trying to sell to a North American customer, by all means, give us a call. Uh, happy to take a look and see how we can get your content represented, but I think our ambitions are massive, but in the context of North American retail for the moment.
0: Got it. And I assume, based on your your success within traditional grocery, that expansion into Home Depot and IKEA and others, you just keep going, right? You you, you knock down every store in the mall at some point, and your product is this utility for saving money. Yeah, that's exactly it. From a a category
1: prioritization perspective, we've really been focused on how much we can save a customer, like how much we can save for them by helping them plan their spend better. And so it really comes with frequency and share of wallet at the household level that we've focused. And that's why grocery is kind of center for us because if we can save you a small percentage on your grocery bill every week, we can save you a lot of money every year. Um, And then from there, we start expanding into other categories where that same applies, frequency and share of wallet. And so that's where home improvement and home maintenance become really important. So we work very closely with um, the Canadian Tires and Home Depots and Lowe's of the world. Um, And from there, apparel and some of the seasonal stuff becomes really important, um, especially for those households with kids like mine, where they seem to outgrow things every time you blink. Um, So frequency and share of wallet definitely applies. There's just tons of opportunity.
0: We have a few traditions on this podcast. Um, One, you know, we generally speak to people who've achieved a lot in their career, and you're no exception. Um, And we like to ask them, who influences you? Obviously, um, you've got a lot of uh, connections on LinkedIn, so a lot of people look to you as an influence, but who, who do you look to?
1: I've had the great pleasure of having a lot of incredible leaders in my career. Uh, many of whom I still look to as inspirations. I think I'll I think I'll lean on three of those. But uh, before I talk about my my business inspirations, uh, I have to talk about my children because they are truly my life inspiration. Uh, and I learn more about business from them and about leadership from them uh, than a lot of the leaders that I've had in the past. So I, I think starting with children as an inspiration is probably the safest bet because it's the truest. Um, From there, I think I'll name three people who are my inspirations that I look to, and when I have a challenge, I'll lean on. Uh, The first is uh, one of my former bosses. His name is Simon Rodriguez. He's the currently Chief Digital Officer at Staples Canada, Uh, and he is the definition of a maverick to me. Um, Constantly pushing boundaries, constantly challenging norms, um, and really passionate about everything that he does. So if you're looking for someone to be inspired by, follow him on LinkedIn and uh, see if you can get some time with Simon Rodrigue, it will be well worth your efforts. The second is the former CEO of Walmart Canada. Her name is Shelly Broder. Um, And Shelly is just an incredible person when it comes to understanding her team and understanding strategy and being the same person when you meet with her one-on-one versus when she's presenting to a room of a thousand people She's just completely genuine, honest, and an incredible thinker. And I constantly reflect on the lessons that she taught me. And then the third is the former CEO of the Amina region for Walmart. His name is Dirk Vandenberg. Um, And he was just the best strategist that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Uh, Incredibly grounded in the fundamentals of retail and strategy. And always willing to engage in intellectual debate around the right approach and where e-commerce is going. And I think despite us having many disagreements on that particular topic, the lessons he taught me about how to evaluate strategy were truly inspirational. So Dirk has to be on that list somewhere.
0: Oh, wow, great list. Okay, the next thing we asked, are you a uh, avid podcast listener? I am an
1: avid podcast listener.
0: Give Give us your one recommendation. As to what podcast you would you would tell our listeners to tune into? I mean, knowing not too much about your audience, and everyone's got their own jam, but the
1: thing that I will I will catch every episode of um, is Planet Money, and I, I don't know if that's one that's on your list, but they do an incredible job of breaking down economics uh, in a way that's digestible and understandable, and I just love the the way that they. Um, evaluate different things going on in the world. They recently did a series on what's been going on with the whole GameStop, uh, Walmart bets, or sorry, a Wall Street bets um, saga. And I thought it was brilliant. They interviewed one of the, the, the members of the Reddit uh, subreddit group. They kind of broke down everything that was going on
0: and I thought they did a great job of it. So I don't miss an episode of, uh, of that one. That's great, I uh, will add that today. And then the last question uh, before we wrap up. Actually, I have two more questions. Um, obviously, have been have had a nice career in e-commerce. Uh, we can we would consider you a tastemaker. Who do you think has a great e-commerce experience and why? That stands out. And don't say Amazon.
1: No, I, I, I honestly I'm enamored by Shopify right now and all the things that Shopify is doing, um, both on the experience front and how pervasive their experience is. Like every other site I go to these days is a Shopify experience or is clearly trying to emulate it. Um, And the way that they're getting into beyond e-commerce experiences, like really building out the fulfillment side of things, really looking at the like in-store POS kind of things. uh, I just think there's a ton of upside in the way that they're approaching things. And I'm really excited to see what happens with that. So I, I know it's a broad answer, but I think Shopify is a really interesting one to watch.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, number one, you're Canadian, so you have to say that. I really do. But uh, number two, I mean, the, the Shop Pay app has really changed the game. I'm making things mm-hmm. convenient. Their experience is great. So uh, I agree with you. They're, uh, they're doing a really nice job. Okay, the last question is, uh, you know, we've got roughly 3,000-ish listeners who from time to time, want to ask more questions or get engaged with our guests. So if people wanna do that, Rick, what would you recommend? LinkedIn, Twitter, how should people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, Social networks have uh, become far too many and far too hard to keep them all in check. So LinkedIn is probably the best place. I check it the most often and I actually answer the messages that I get there for the most part. So I would recommend that. All right, it's Rick
0: Newman, N-E-U-M-A-N on LinkedIn
1: pretty easy to find.
0: Gotcha. Well, Rick, thank you so much for introducing us to Flip. It sounds like a really cool company doing really cool things. And uh, thanks for being our guest. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast, brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.